Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Gary Parish is that rare combination of massive talent and absolute gentleman. Great guy and great at his job. CBS Sports college basketball analyst extraordinaire and the host of Grind City Media in Memphis, the voice of Memphis, and he joins me now on the show. Mr. Parrish, good morning, buddy. How are you, Bill? It's good to talk to you. You do. I'm great, man. Uh, Gary, I've, uh, I'm a 45-year-old, so I've still got a ways to go on this dream, but I have a vision of my retirement. There's confetti in the air. My wife is crying. She's still with me. My kids are happy, right? Everything's beautiful. A little different for, 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 for Jim Beheim there at, at Syracuse. What did you make of the awkwardness and the presentation from Beheim of what appears now to be his uh, his goodbye? It, it was always going to go down that way. Um, you know, Jim, he was never going to gracefully exit or willingly exit with a smile on his face and a big celebration on campus. He had recently, as just a few weeks ago, said, I think 95% of Syracuse fans want me to keep coaching, and if I want to keep coaching, I will. He was pretty defiant in the middle of yet another disappointing season. And so everybody in the industry around college basketball knew at the age of 78, after finishing sixth or worst in the ACC for nine straight years, it was time to move on. The only question was whether he would actually do it, and if he wouldn't do it willingly – Um, if the school would nudge him out the door. And at this point, it appears that that is what happened. You know, Jim was very careful with his words yesterday, saying things like, you know, if they want to make a change, they can. I just hope we reach a full, uh, a a great agreement. What that sounded like to me as a man who knew he had probably coached his last game, but wanted to make sure he got every penny that was owed to him, if not more. And very quickly after the loss to Wake Forest in the ACC tournament yesterday, Syracuse announced that Jim Beheim will not return for a 48th season. And it was notable that in that press release that was posted on Twitter, there's not a single quote from Jim Beheim. So um, it was disappointing because I, like you, would like to envision it going down differently, given everything he's meant to that school and really that that community. But knowing Jim, this was always the way it was going to go down. Uh, Gary, no no guarantee in, in, in transitions, including coaching transitions, things are going to go swimmingly. Obviously, college basketball and its landscape is very different today than it was 47 years ago, than it was five years ago. What is your level of confidence that Syracuse can reclaim and maintain a level of, of basketball excellence post Bayheim? It's always difficult when you're talking about a place that is a quote-unquote one-coach school. In other words, um, at Kansas, you know, Larry Brown has won there. Roy Williams has won there. Bill Self has won there. You can feel you know, pretty reasonably uh, that, that you know, whoever the coach is at Kansas is going to have an opportunity 
to win at the highest level of the sport. North Carolina, another example of that. UCLA, I think another example of that. But Jim Beheim has been the coach at Syracuse since 1976. The man he replaced left Syracuse to be the head coach at Tulane. And that probably is the best way to contrast exactly what Jim took over and exactly what he built Syracuse into. The fact that it's unimaginable somebody would leave the Syracuse men's basketball job for the Tulane men's basketball job in the, in the year 2023. But once upon a time, that is something that happened. And then Jim built Syracuse into truly one of the national powers and kept it at the tip top of the sport, or at least near that, for, for more than 30 years. Now the question becomes, is, is that because Syracuse was always going to be that? Or was that simply because of Jim Beheim? Uh, reasonable people could disagree on that. I tend to think it'll be harder to get it back to what it was once, if for no other reason than conference affiliation. Syracuse was a great fit geographically, and from a recruiting perspective, when it was playing in the Big East. It doesn't quite pop the same way when you're telling recruits that you're going to play your your conference tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina, as opposed to Madison Square Garden in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, so, So we'll see. Either way, um, I do think they made the right hire here in, in, in hiring uh, Red Autry. Now, whether or not it, he will do a great job, I don't know, because the list of men who have been great assistants and seem perfect for jobs that didn't quite work out is, is pretty lengthy. But this is the right thing to do. It's, it's the most seamless thing to do. And as long as Syracuse is able to embrace what every other prominent school is needing to embrace now, which is name, image, and likeness rights, and taking advantage of the one-time transfer waiver, then perhaps it can get back to a good place. But the truth is, despite some sprinkled-in NCAA tournament runs over the past decade, Syracuse basketball hasn't looked like what it once was for, for, a, for a pretty good while now. Gary Parrish here on the show. Gary, Chris Beard was not an up-and-coming coach. He was the coach of Texas and handsomely paid and well-respected. And then, obviously, there was the incident involving accusations of serious domestic violence. He was arrested. We've seen the mugshot. He lost that job. And then the question became, given the way that that legal situation turned, who would give him a chance again? Reporting out there, it will be Ole Miss. Does this seem like the next stop for Chris Beard? And if so, what's the... From someone who covers the sport every day, what's the right read on that decision? It does appear that it's headed that direction. My understanding is that Chris Beard is interested in being the next head coach at Ole Miss. Um, the athletic director at Ole Miss is is on board with it, and now ultimately it's it, it's left in the hands at the at the administration level. And as long as Ole Miss's administration um, gets to a place where it's comfortable with this, and Chris Beard is comfortable taking the Ole Miss job, then it does appear he will be the next head coach of that SEC men's basketball program. It it seemed likely that something like this was going to happen the moment the charges were dropped, if only because it will free up an athletic director to say this man was not ultimately even charged with the crime. Um, And they'll talk about believing in second chances, and they'll talk about he's already uh, paid a significant price by losing his dream job at the University of Texas, and then they'll cross their fingers and hope nothing like this ever happens again. But it is more complicated than I think some people at Ole Miss probably realize based on conversations I've had with them, because some of the things that have been said to me by people around that program is um, everything I've already said, which is he wasn't charged with a crime. 
Um, you know, uh, we believe in second chances. Uh, it, you know, it, it, he's already paid a prize. But what they will also say is, listen, we're going to have a bad day or two of public relations. This will be uh, something that's talked about on CBS Sports Radio and ESPN Radio and television for a day or two, and then everybody will move on, and, and we'll have one of the best coaches in the entire country. And I agree that if Ole Miss makes this hire, it will have one of the best coaches in the entire country. Chris Beard is an excellent basketball coach. Uh, but the idea that this is just going to be a one-day or one-week thing just isn't true. You have to decide as an administration, are you comfortable with everything this is going to bring, which means every road game you're going to have students chanting a woman beater or some version of that because there, even though the charges were dropped, there was a violent incident between Chris Beard and his fiance on that night. It did get physical. Law enforcement officials were called. She did tell them according to the affidavit, that he was choking her. Uh, they observed bite marks and bruises. There is no getting around the fact that something violent happened between these two people, and that is not something student sections are going to ever let you forget about. It's also something that if he does get Ole Miss to a prominent place in the sport, that's when 60 minutes or outside the lines come into play and, and start not just celebrating this but questioning if it even should be happening. So I, I won't make that decision for Ole Miss's administration. That's something they've got to do, but it is something they should understand. The idea that this is just going to be a one-day bad PR thing, that's not the way it'll go down at all. Yeah, Gary, I guess it's one of the things we always wrestle with. What are the consequences, if any, from a moral perspective, right? Who puts their foot down, to your point? Who comes in and wants to raise this issue again? Not to sound crass as it relates to making domestic violence allegations and a violent incident about success, but but I am curious – to what degree, if any, is it is it less or more difficult or not for Chris Beard to go into a living room and, and recruit kids? It, does it, at that level of athletics, does it matter largely to recruits and their parents what some coach was accused of doing, significantly accused of doing in the past? It, it will matter to some people, and it will matter less to others. Because I've already had conversations in recent weeks with people I consider to be totally reasonable, like not fanatic types of, of humans, who will say things to me like, well, it sounds like everything I've read, Chris Beard got a raw deal down at Texas. Now, let me be clear. I don't believe Chris Beard got a raw deal at Texas. He was at least initially charged with a very serious felony. And again, even though that charge was subsequently dropped, there is no getting around the fact that um, he in some way put his hands on a woman. Now, was the woman the uh, initiator of the confrontation? According to her, yes. And I will take her at her word. But as I've said many times over the past few months, even if my wife breaks my glasses, which is allegedly what Chris Beard's fiance did to him, and physically confronts me, if I put my hands on my wife, I am going to jail. We should all as men understand that. And the fact that Chris Beard didn't in that moment is undeniably disappointing and, and worthy of, of, of punishment. He has paid a big price. But by the time he's sitting down with recruits again, he will have a story to tell. And if this comes up in the living room, as you put it, he will, he will I'm certain, express disappointment in himself and incredible regret, but also stress that uh, the circumstances surrounding that are not as clear as maybe – an arrest affidavit showed back in January. 
So he'll have his version of what happened, and then it'll come down to people's individual choices. Do you believe this is a good man who had one bad night, or do you do you believe this is a bad man who has a problem? Again, that's not for me to say, although I, I can comfortably tell you I had never heard anything like this about Chris Beard before that night. Uh, but ultimately, to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think it will matter to some people, and it won't matter much at all to others. Gary Parrish here on the show. Gary, t- turning our attention to the tournament and selection Sunday, uh, for folks who haven't followed as closely and are, are, are nervously, I'm looking at you, Tom, looking at their brackets. I'm just kidding, Tommy. Um, f- number one seeds for you and just some other teams that you think have some momentum and can do some damage maybe beyond where they're going to be seeded. The number one seed for me right now would be Houston, Kansas, Alabama, and UCLA. Now, our bracket expert at CBS Sports would have it Houston, Kansas, Alabama, and Purdue. But I do think any combination of those five schools is is pretty reasonable at this point. And I believe that anybody outside of those five schools is going to have difficulty cracking the one-seed line just because those five seem to be um, somewhat significantly, from a resume perspective, ahead of everybody else. There's a scenario where Texas could win the Big 12 tournament and maybe get there, maybe Marquette win the Big East tournament and get there. But ultimately, I think on Sunday – you're going to see Houston, Kansas, Alabama, and either UCLA or Purdue as your number one seeds. If you're looking for teams outside of that range that could theoretically make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, keep an eye on Gonzaga. The Zags got off to a rough start to the season relative to the way most of their seasons start, but they are like 23-2 and two in their past 25 games, just smashed St. Mary's in the WCC tournament title game probably looking like a two or three seed right now, not as heralded as recent Zags teams, but this one is good enough to once again go to the final four. San Diego State is off of a lot of people's radar because they play in the Mountain West Conference as opposed to the Big Ten or the ACC or the SEC, but that's a team from a predictive metrics perspective has been playing like one of the best teams in the country over the past uh, couple of, of months. And then Indiana, it's been up and down much of the season, but that's still a team that's got an incredible front court player in Trace Jackson Davis and a likely one and done guard with size and uh, uh, Jade Hood for uh, uh, Hood Shafino. And that's a team that that I think when you've got that type of one two punch, uh, you've got a chance in a single elimination tournament like the one we're going to play here uh, very shortly. Uh, Gary Parrish, last one for you. You're in Memphis. What is the temperature there on all of the revelations and news and frustrations and concerns surrounding John Morant? Mostly um, disappointing and sadness. You know, that city has really embraced Ja the same way Ja has embraced that city, and now it has obviously gone off the the rails uh, quite a bit. Um, You know, I I think stories about Ja enjoying himself away from the court had circulated over the past year. He likes to have a good time. He is out often. But there was also whispers, you know, Memphis isn't the biggest city in the world, that maybe it had gotten a little out of hand um, in recent months. And the, the reporting now from The Athletic that Stephen Adams, one of the few veterans, even if he's still in his 20s, on the roster, actually called a players-only meeting and addressed the um, lifestyle choices people were making uh, while the team was on the road, uh, suggests that even he recognized they've got a problem with their franchise player. Uh, as for what happened last 
weekend in Denver, I mean, I, I, you, you can't possibly make sense of it. You have to know, I don't care whether you're sober or not, that putting a gun on Instagram Live is going to lead to some sort of a punishment that is unavoidable. And so now here we are. Um, the, the, the thing, if I were talking to John, I would say is that you were 23 years old with a $200 million contract, a Powerade deal, a Nike deal, a beautiful daughter, a franchise that will do anything to help you through this rough patch. Um, everything's still okay. Not perfect, but nothing has been done that can't be undone other than a possible bang on your reputation. But people in Memphis will enthusiastically embrace him again if he shows that he can learn from a series of poor decisions and, and, and actually get the help he says he needs and become a, a, a better person for it. So that's what everybody is rooting for now. We were all young once. We all made dumb decisions once, perhaps not as dumb as some of the decisions he's made recently, but to our own degrees, we've all been in a, a, a place where um, we, we haven't made the best choices. His are on a grand stage, but that's no excuse. It's simply an explanation. He's got to be better, both professionally and personally, or else, um, you know, one day down the road, I'll be talking to you again about how he didn't learn from this mistake. All right, Gary. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, as always, man, for, for making time. You got it. Anytime. I'll see you. All right, bud. Gary Parrish on the show. Gary Parrish, CBS. Talented guy. I, I like the I like the Memphis perspective. It's interesting and helpful to hear what folks who are obviously very invested in Josh's success and, and better behavior uh, what they're feeling, how they're seeing this. Let's uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into. There's a lot going on we haven't hit. That's what buy or sell is for. Talk takes on every headline in sports we have not talked about and should have next here on CBS Sports Radio. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Spring training is here, and the free Odyssey app has everything you need to get ready for opening day. In-depth team coverage from the biggest sports radio stations across the country. Exclusive interviews with players, managers, and MLB insiders. And podcasts dedicated to your favorite team. Listen live to the latest breaking news from around the league. Or choose from a list of topics and listen on demand. Baseball lives right here on the free Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder, good at radio question mark here uh, on the show. I've got a buy or sell question that, that is going to be pretty fun. It's the, it's the intersection of my marriage and sports, which is something the guys I think can relate to. Maybe not bogus. He's got everything in his life is perfect, including this segment. Let's buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? 
It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. Hello, boys. Hey there, Bill. Hey there, Bogish. Sweet Willie. The Bogus. So Sweet Willie. Okay. We got there. <laughs> All right, let's start it off in the NFL today, guys. Former Patriots quarterback and current Patriots broadcaster Scott Zolick spoke yesterday about Tom Brady saying, quote, Brady may go to Miami. I think that's in play. I do. I think the possibility of him coming out of retirement is definitely 100% in play. You can sit there and look at the kitten tweet from yesterday. Don't buy that, end quote. Buy or sell, Bill, it's more likely than not that Tom Brady plays for the Miami Dolphins next season. Sell. Oh, bingo. Sell. Bogus yawned <laughs> while you were talking. Let me just get, let me just do the, all right, I'm three away from CBS. You drunk yet? <laughs> you drunk yet? <laughs> I just, do you, here's my question, guys. Do you think Scott Nolitz? Sell. Nolitz? <laughs> no? I don't think any of those things. No, I don't think so. Not good. But no. if you're asking if I trust Scott Zolak as a source, <laughs> then the answer actually is yes. I don't think that's it, what he was asking, though. Yeah. No, I was looking for some praise. Okay, okay. Well, let's wait, Willie. Fail number one. Let's. All right. Are we staying in the NFL? Uh, we are going to stay in the NFL. That's oh, correct. Oh, okay. Yesterday, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins was on the Pat McAfee show, and he said he's heard the r- recent rumors. I've been hearing a lot of trade talks, but. You know, I take things day for day, man. I don't look forward to the future. I live in the present moment. Right now, the Arizona Cardinals is, uh, you know, is the team and the roster that I'm on. And, uh, you know, I'm preparing myself uh, for whatever the future holds. Uh, you know, so I don't really look forward to the future. I let you guys do that talk. Hopkins will turn 31 before next season. And in nine games last year, Bill, he went for 717 yards receiving with three touchdowns but he holds a $30 million cap hit next season for Arizona. Buy or sell the Cardinals should trade DeAndre Hopkins. Buy. Buy. What did the bogus say yesterday or the day before that got Sweet Willie so excited? It was uh, better to be a year early than a year late? Yeah. Quoting you to yourself. How's that feel? Buy or sell you like that? Buy. Buy. I'm honored. Let's go. A $30 million cap hit is a lot. That is a significant number. Yeah, but we really are basically living in a world now where all the things we think matter about the Stanley, about the salary cap just don't the, actually matter. The Stanley cap? Yeah. New GM in Arizona, new head coach. They w- might want to move on from this. They d- obviously yeah. did not bring him in. Who knows what they're going to do with this team if they're going to strip it down. Kyler Murray not going to be ready for the start of the season. Right. As I'm trying I, to give a DeAndre Ho- I can't Hopkins pun i can't get there <laughs> that's what i'm working on i messed that one up for you i'm sorry that's okay no i screw i can't do it when do you guys want me to slip my question toward the end let's do it toward the end yeah last one okay yeah last one okay got it I, just as a ground rule i'm sorry to interrupt detail am i allowed to uh you've been bogeyed non-buy yeah. or sell personal you can, bo- you can bogey anything in any segment. I can just be like, do you like this host? And you can just be like, you can just bogey it. Oh, okay. All if, right. I, if I say, who, which which host do you dislike the most? The CBS Sports Radio present company excluded because we're best friends and I hate. Right. You want to bogey? What are you, what are you throwing Zach hands Delb. up for? He's oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bogus is really letting this power go to his head. 
No, I really am an idiot, and I don't remember all of the rules. I don't know. I, I know I have nine left, but is that for yeah, March or is it for the rest of the year? Like, the what, year, like, what not he, March. What if the he year. comes in during you know the you know top of the hour segment says he doesn't like this interview? Is he going to no. come in and just hit you know hit his little sounder? I mean, that probably is is would be a cool. You don't have to be a part of it. Don't come back for a little bit. It's not your spot. But no, yeah, it's whatever. He, if he doesn't want, if he doesn't want to talk about something on any level, which is routine. But if he wants to just, like, he can bogey it. Let's play it for the people in case they don't know what we're talking about. And detail, just for the record, it's like baseball. There are unwritten rules. I would not come in here and veto a Ross Tucker conversation. Come on. <laughs> yep, you're bogeyed. Yeah, so when that drops, when that drops, it's his world, Tom. He's getting too power hungry. That's all I'm saying. I, I do not have my own machine, so I can play it without having to tell Diesel I want to play it. Are you it. serious? Yeah, so look out. I thought he I thought he wasted one yesterday, so I don't think I don't think he's maybe he's power hungry, but he's not utilizing it well. If I wasted one yesterday, so be it. But now I'm Today's sitting going. on nine more. I'll be a little more judicious. But if D Cell tempts me, he tempts me. And sometimes I can't hold back. I love it. That being said, let's get to some golf here. <laughs> Tiger Woods' ex-girlfriend has asked the Florida judge to release her from a non-disclosure agreement she signed with Tiger Woods. The two were involved in a court dispute that started when Woods would not allow her in his home last fall. His ex-girlfriend did live there at the time as well. Tiger's lawyers have claimed in court that Erica Herman, who dated Tiger for nearly six years, is not allowed to sue him because of the NDA, which requires them to settle all disputes in confidential arbitration. Herman, Tiger's ex-girlfriend, said the NDA is unenforceable because of the federal law stating that alleged victims of sexual assault and sexual harassment cannot be barred from filing lawsuits. Now, I want to make this very, very clear. Herman's complaint did not, did not elaborate that there would be any complaints or allegations of sexual harassment or sexual assault. Buy or sell, Bill? This will not be the last time we hear about this story. That's the question? <laughs> well, we need, I mean, more, we need more details to go in any know, other man. direction. I don't know, man. Bye. I think we'll hear about it again. Bye. Sorry. Oh, I know you wanted to make it more clear, D-Cell, but I, I don't think you accomplished that. <laughs> and I, I will say this. From the beginning, this story has been poorly represented. The first thing I read yesterday lacked ex-girlfriend. It said girlfriend, and I didn't understand wow. why girlfriend would be wanting out of an NDA if she was still the girlfriend. And I now that it's ex-girlfriend, it makes a little more sense, but I still don't fully understand what's going on here. So she basically, she claims there was an oral agreement that's not in writing that she could live in the house forever if, if they broke up. And they're like, no, no. You got to live in the house when you were dating Tiger. It's Tiger's house. So whoever manages the house for Tiger locked her out, right? So then she claims they broke the oral agreement. They broke what was stated. She had $40,000 in cash that was misappropriated and other items. So I'm not, I don't know what's going on. But certainly from a distance, it really looks like someone who has um, who has been hurt in a breakup with a rich person just going for what they can go for. I mean, it may, maybe more information will come out, but it's, you signed an NDA. He's a famous person who's like, with, I, I think she is doing the, as I understand it, the legalese of what Tom talked about, how she's citing a, citing a statute that 
protects and overrides NDAs if there's sexual assault allegations or sexual harassment allegations. She, but also her saying that's not what it is, is her way of trying to challenge it, knowing it'll be thrown out to try to make it public to just try to get some money. Right. Right? Like it's not even supposed to happen publicly. So I think, if I understand this right, this is how the caveat to try and just file something in the first place, which is public, which doesn't violate the NDA. Right? A judge is going to, I assume, strike it down, but she hasn't technically violated the NDA. If I understand this right. I think it's we're, all, ugly. we're all on the same page now. And I think everyone, when reading this, saw sexual assault, sexual harassment. Everybody perked up not knowing where this was going to go. But that's actually not what's happening at all. But if you were yet, to ask me, buy, anyway. buy, buy or sell, based on what we know, you think Tiger Woods did anything wrong here, I would say sell. Sell. Mm. All right, let's get to some college hoops here. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying he's out of the woods. Buy. His legal situation. Thank you. Yes, that makes up for the Hopkins one and the Zolak one. Working. I'm getting. I'm working on it. All right, college hoops. Yesterday, Alabama star Brandon Miller spoke for the very first time publicly about the murder of a 23-year-old mother back in January, which he was involved in allegedly. There's there's been some stuff happening off the court. Just, do you have any comment on that and, and how this has kind of transpired for you and dealing with it? Um. I never lose sight of the fact um, a family has lost one of their um, loved ones that night. Um, this whole situation is just um, really heartbreaking. Um, but respectfully, uh, that's all I'm going to be able to say about on that. Buy or sell, Bill. We need to hear more from Brandon Miller. I mean, buy. Buy. He's a professional. I. I don't like to pick on people for questions. It's hard. It's easy to make fun of it. We used to have a producer who I'm great friends with. I won't say his name, but it rhymes with Schmadam Schmoog, who would make fun of people all the time for like questions he didn't like. And I was like, bro, I'd like to hear you ask a question. He'd be good at it, probably. But the question just has to be, Brandon, you have been connected to a player formerly of this team who has been charged in a murder investigation what is your comment? It can't be, and with all respect to whoever that, that young man was, and maybe I heard it wrong, guys, but just the, oh, you know, I just I don't want to have to ask, but it's just, come on, man. No, you, you didn't hear it wrong, and you should not hesitate to do this. Pat Forty had a great column at SI.com yesterday because this was a disaster again from Alabama. They did not tell anybody that Brandon Miller was going to talk at this. He was a surprise addition when people showed up. And then... Bum of the week is the Alabama men's basketball press corps because all of the questions were again like, how are you guys doing it? What does it mean that you're overcoming this? How are you pushing through this? They didn't say the woman's name. They didn't say the word murder. They didn't ask about the gun. Now, you have to ask those questions probably knowing that they're not going to answer them. They're probably, you know, there's court cases and cops and we can't talk about that. But you got to ask the questions. All the questions they asked were what I said I was afraid of the other day presenting it like, oh, my God, how are you still playing basketball so well while you're dealing with this, when he does not deserve any sympathy for this situation? Yeah. yeah. I mean, amen. Do we know who that specific reporter is in that clip? No. But Pat's column, if you want to read it later on, like has He's so good, man. The, tr- like, the transcribed questions, and they're all like this. They're all lob softballs. Nothing difficult, nothing combative, nothing anything. I mean, 
the kid's going to play in the NBA. And it's, it obviously. And, and, and he handed a gun over that has allegedly been used in a murder. You can't get around that. If you want to talk about nuance and complications, okay, he's got to speak to it before people can just be like, give him a second chance, let's move on, he didn't do it. And this is the... I understand how hard it is to not be well-liked when you cover a team. That's the job, man. That is literally the job of being a journalist, of asking the questions that, that they don't want you to ask. I got into it with a GM a while back via text on something that was true. Like, got into it. This is a while ago. And a short time later, I was doing a story on something. I'm like, hey, I'd love to get your insight on on this. And he politely told me to go to hell because that's the job. Your job is not to be friends with everybody. Did you want to get still doing great work, isn't he? Yep. He's so good. Did you want to get to your question here, Bill? Before we, oh, before are, we end? Are, yeah, are we done? That's all of them? I can I can get to another quick NBA one, but I want to make sure we have time for your let's question. Let's get let's get let's let's get mine in. So, okay. Little little background. When I fly to New York, it, I usually fly if I go for a week, which I'm doing in a couple of weeks, I usually fly on a Sunday because I have to work on this show and I have to work basically all night in, in Stanford, Connecticut doing TV. So I tend to leave on a Sunday, and I usually leave later on a Sunday, see my kids, have breakfast with my kids, and, and really because Lori has to, my wife has to drive me to the airport, and she doesn't want to get up early. I'm not booking the 6 a.m. flight, right? So we have to get up at 3.30 in the morning. But on the Sunday I'm leaving, it's El Clasico, Barcelona versus Real Madrid, and they wouldn't drop the time, and I wouldn't book the flight. And Lori's like, what are you doing? I go, well, sometime, often it's at 1 Pacific, so if that's it, i got to leave super early so I can get to New York and watch the match. But some like a year ago, they had it at 7.15 Pacific, so then I could leave late. She's like, I'm, no, just leave at your standard time. I'm like, no, I'm watching the match. So finally, and then my, my company was like, are you going to book this flight? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely book it. So the, 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 it came out. Barca's at 4 o'clock Eastern. All I got to do is get on a, on a 6.05 flight out of LAX. I land in New York at 2.30. I got, you know, a, a, an hour and a half to get to the match. My wife's mad at me. Buy or sell, I'm right. Uh, sell. sell. Yeah. What? This, this is twofold for me, honestly. What? I think no matter what Wrong. flight you chose, given what time the match was, your wife was going to be upset with you. Whether it was very early or very late, I don't think you were going to win this one. Oh, no, no. If the, if the match had been at 7 a.m. and I'd flown out at noon, she'd been fine. She slept <laughs> through all of it. So I I do wonder why she's mad at you, but I'll agree with her that you deciding your flight time. She thinks I'm ridiculous is a better term. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Like, it's First of all, El Clasico happens at least twice a year. I know how big it is, but there's at least two of them, right? Well, there's and, three in this, in this right. five-week Right, and sometimes there's three because of, the, because of the, the actual tournament inside the country. So, like, it's not like it and It's 2023. You could have watched it on the plane or, I'm sure, to archives on ESPN Plus after they're done. So you could have watched it when you got to New York. I would have just flown at the more convenient time for, like, life, not soccer. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would have. It's soccer is life. Soccer, yeah. I have a shirt know? that says that. Yeah, what do you know? Ted Lasso. Guys, how many times do you think I've watched the, the Ted Lasso trailer for season three? 
seven. Why are you watching it multiple times? Just answer the question first. Three. At least 30. Wow, I win. I watched it three times before I went to sleep last night. That seems a little unnecessary. I don't That's, get it. It's trailers. amazing. I don't get it. You don't get anything decent. Roll, it's a Come Rolling on. Stone you cover. You trailers? Yeah, I love movie trailers. Multiple times? I love it. Um, I mean, only if I show it then to somebody else. Like, I just actually randomly, this, weird, this is up like a half an hour ago, I hit play on a trailer for a new movie with Jennifer Lawrence, which I can't what? tell is funny or not. So I want Causeway? other people. I'm sorry? What is, is it Causeway? No, no, no. It's called... No hard feelings. And well, I'm gonna watch it when the show gets done. She's a hot Jennifer Lawrence in her 20s, and she needs work. And she a- answers an ad from a rich family that needs someone to bring their shy 19 year old son out of his shell. Oh no! So then she tries to like weirdly seduce him. I I, I don't know if I should feel bad for her or if I should laugh at it. So I want other people to watch it. So if we were to watch it together, D Sale, then yes, I would have seen a trailer. More than once, but I'm not going to watch it three straight times and then go to bed tonight. Yeah, I was going to. I miss it. It's not up on on where I tend to look at my trailer, so it's just you have to know to Google it. Yeah, okay. it, it just came out this morning. That's how I saw it, like the first tweet announcing it. So maybe that's why it's not in the normal spots yet. I don't what? want to know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Where do you people watch movie trailers if it's not just Googling it or finding it on YouTube? Apple, used to... Apple Trailers. Yeah. There's an Apple Trailers, trailers.com slash Apple, I believe. There's an app. It's a great app. You just open it up it's and there's app. just movie trailers. I own the app. Yeah, of course you do. I watch it. Also, I'm on this thing, Tom, called Twitter. Mm. And so sometimes, like, the Ted Lasso thing will it's, it'll be trending. I just... That Ted Lasso, if you've seen the first two seasons, the trailer, the, the, the trailer trailer, not the preview, is a, not the teaser. Is amazing. Like I get emotional just watching the trailer. I don't get trailers. I'm never gonna get it. Yeah, people said that about bourbon. Then they took a sip and they thought, "This is fire. Let's go." Could you just what? What yeah. do you get? Just give me one thing that you get. Anything in the world? A- anything. I'll take anything. Do you get cheeseburgers? Do you yeah, get? Yeah, okay. I love cheeseburgers. Okay, great, great. Movie trailers, not so much. I think you guys are crazy on this Barcelona thing. I want to see the match live. Watch on the plane. I'm sure no one from work is listening. And by the way, there's other reasons I stay at this hotel. But one of the reasons I stay at the hotel that I stay at is because it's three doors down from a soccer bar. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Barcelona bar. See, like, that's a better decision than the flying when El Clasico is happening. Yeah, flying before. I want to watch it. Yeah, you can still watch. Again, you watch on the plane. You can watch it when you get off the plane. Yeah, but I'm worried I'll get a spoiler. Somebody will text. I, I can't. Who did it? We lost 7-0. It sucks. No? All right. We went really late. So Do we're going to so. talk for a long time about Calvin Ridley. Riddle me this. What's that going to be about? We'll find out here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. It's Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. And I'm going to be judgmental, Tom. Andrew Bogus pointing me to No Hard Feelings. I don't, the trailer, I don't know what it says about Bogus. This is a disturbing looking film. So I'm glad I didn't watch we, it. We all got bogeyed. I gotta, I gotta watch this when it's not a break. This premise is creepy. 19 year old dorky kid, parents want him to come out of his shell, so they hire Jennifer Lawrence to do that. I mean, what in, no. 
How about no? How about you look uncomfortable? Yeah, I mean the way he described it, it felt uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. All right, I have, I have thirty seconds left in the trailer, though. I, you need to get on this. This tra- the trailer thing is like a sampling. It's like a little sampling. You ever gone to a bar and you don't know what beer to get, and they'll actually have beer flights where it's like here are you know eight little sort sure. of versions of sure right. Think of it being that, but free. It's just a little sample of this and that show and that little movie and just and. Sometimes the trailer's great, and it points you to a great movie, and sometimes the trailer is o- the only good things that are in the movie. So you never see the movie, but you saw all the good stuff, the people that, that spent the two hours of their life watching it, because you watched the trailer, and it had all the good stuff. They're too misleading. They're too misleading. They're what, like two, two and a half minutes long? You, you don't you're, get a great feel for it. I, I'm out on trailers. You're never going to watch the movies anyway. Misleading how? You're not going to know. You're just going to be entertained. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe I'll start sending you trailers. I, we haven't gotten to that, have we? No, we have not. Just drop some trailers into your text timeline. <laughs> Here. I'm going to send you No Hard Feelings, the trailer, right now. You excited? Uh, no Hard Feelings, but I'm not going to watch it. It's accidentally the Red Band version, so you should not be playing this out loud. Well, at our office, it probably doesn't matter, but most people probably should be chill. I was going to talk about Calvin Ridley, but this segment is 12 seconds long because Tom went too long again. Well, we can encourage people to go read his uh, his letter on the Players' Tribune because, uh, my opinion anyway, I thought it was I thought it was great. It re- it, re- it really was excellent. He um, obviously coming back from suspension for gambling on NFL games, and you never know who's writing these things, right? Like, is, is someone being hired? But I found it really authentic and really honest. And Tom, as you said. He takes responsibility. He says it was his fault. He talks about his depression and anxiety in a way that isn't, this is an excuse. He talks about, in really candid terms, the way in which he had a broken foot, he says, and played on it, and that the trainers, in effect, he's saying that they lied to him. Not in effect. He's saying that he was lied to about his injury, and then a new staff came in in Atlanta, and a new trainer came in and said, dude, go to a doctor, and they went to Detroit, and and their conclusion was, you have a broken foot. So it's... It's just an insight. What he did is wrong, and you can't bet on NFL games if you're an NFL player, and you should be suspended for a long time. But this is the kind of second chance we're talking about. Here's the context. He's owned it. We'll see what happens now. It's really well done at the Players' Tribune. I, I didn't know the Players' Tribune still existed, by the way. It had been a while before anyone had written something that was like impactful like this in the Players' Tribune. There was a while where like it was the place to go if you were an yeah. athlete to get something off your chest, but it's been a while. It became just too much public relations garbage nonsense and not not any actual honesty. Um, We're already to Friday for us. I mean, it's not Friday. It's everybody's Thursday, and out here on the West Coast, Thursday's just beginning. But for you and me, we're basically through through another show, another week of shows. Let's go, buddy. As far as I'm concerned, as soon as I walk out of this studio, it's Friday. Well, Friday is almost upon us. Thank you to Gary Parrish, who was great, my colleague at CBS Sports, for for making the show even better. Appreciate him. Thank you to Andrew Bogish. Thank you to Tom DeCelestino. That's you, Tom, the executive producer. Thank you for listening. I'm Bill Ryder. We appreciate you. One more show to go. We'll see you back here for a Friday edition of Ryder Than You tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio. 
Hey everybody, I'm Mark Shanowski, along with one of the NBA's most popular analysts, Stacey King. We're inviting you to join us on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. So join us every week here in the Hot Sauce studios where we'll be talking about basketball, football, MMA, entertainment, and unique viewpoints from a group of sports experts having a few brews. That's right. Listen up on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you.